Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mission Driven. I am here today with Coach Dana Cavalia. He is a performance coach and a very interesting man that also recently got into farming. Um, so we're going to talk to him a little bit today about his journey professionally and personally. Um, so thank you, Dana, for being here with us today. I appreciate your time. Yes, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Of course. So um, a little bit of you know, how I found you, uh, we had a couple of hashtags in common and there was a post about you creating, um, this, this life on a farm, which is so different from your professional career, helping the Yankees being their director of performance and, um, your, your personal coaching. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, your, your professional side and then what brought you to farming? Yeah, no, absolutely. So my professional side is that I, that I am a coach. I'm a high performance coach. I spent my whole career in professional sports, uh, really helping athletes at the highest level optimize performance. And, you know, I would meet all these CEOs and executives that would come to our games. And during batting practice, they'd call me over and say, Hey coach, could I talk to you? I have something I'd like to ask you. I'm having trouble sleeping. Hey coach, uh, I'm having trouble with stress. Hey coach, I'm having trouble with productivity and focus and all these different things. You know, how do you help the players stay focused every single night? And really, I would just start answering these questions. And before you know it, they said, hey, uh, do you work with guys like us? And I would joke around and I'd say, well, it depends how much you're paying. And, and uh, I'd end up working with many of these individuals. So I sort of built this coaching uh, practice and agency really while I was coaching with the Yankees. And then um, when my contract was up with the Yankees, I, I, you know, I was with the Yankees for 12 years. I got the gig straight out of college and it was awesome. And then it got to a point where I said, okay, I'm ready to do something else professionally. I had five training facilities, gyms and um, in the New York Metro area. So I was doing that. And then I started this personal coaching agency and everything just sort of happened and, and it keeps happening. So I just follow it. I, t at times like everybody else, I resist it because sometimes things come too easy and you're like, wait, it's just so easy. I don't know if this is right. Is this right? And I have to then coach myself the same way I yeah. coach executives and companies and teams all over the, all over the world, really. And I have to coach myself off my own ledge. <laughs> and in doing that, you know, um, when I was with the Yankees, you know, we were on all the time, you know, you're working 15, 16 hour days, you're flying across the country, you're working 10 months out of the year, and you're always on call. So I would always look for these little releases. And oftentimes that came in like, wow, you know, uh, I'd rent an Airbnb before Airbnb was a thing. And I said, this is really cool being in the country and going upstate New York. And yeah. um, ultimately, I would start looking up land and I'd start looking up farms. And I was very big into horse racing at the time. And anyway, it just always stuck with me. So last summer, my wife and I, we went upstate New York. We came to visit our parents when we came up from where we live in Florida and, uh, we went to go check out this farm and I said, Hey, let's go check out this farm. These it's for sale. These people are, you know, interested in showing it to us. So we went, we checked out the farm. We really enjoyed it. And then we said like, what are we going to do with this farm? Like, it's really nice, but what are we going to do? Like, so anyway, we go back down to long Island, visit our parents for a week. And her, and my wife's father says, I'd like to check out the farm. So we go back up with him and we re-engage the, the owners. They give us another two and a half hour tour. They're the nicest people. And next thing you know, we're doing a deal and we have this farm. 
And uh, it's been a crazy ride because, you know, we got it in November, but then we went to Florida until May, the end of May. And from, from May, really June till now, we went from zero cows to 37 cows, 38. We just had a, a calf yesterday. We went from zero pigs. Yeah. To, um, one boar, four sows and, uh, nine piglets that we just had. And then we have three other pigs that, you know, typically put out a litter of 10 plus. So we're going to, so we're getting busy. We got 40 chickens. We got three dogs. It's like this thing that just keeps on evolving. And I, I made one commitment. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to choke it out. I'm going to let it happen. And, and really my wife laughs because everything I do is like a coached event. It's like, okay, how do we win? And what's the plan? What's the plan and how do we win? And we just go. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's really how I approach much of, much of my life. And it's why sometimes on a Friday, I'm a little bit tired, but uh, for the most part, we're always, we're always game and we're always going hard. Yeah. Well, I think it's just normal to be tired on a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> that comes easily. I guess I so, just push right through it. <laughs> yeah. So you touch on a couple of things that I find interesting when I talk to coaches and executive leaders where you, it sounds like you also need a coach or you need to be reminded of what you preach to your clients or your players or maybe even your, your farmhands. Um, what do you do to get yourself out of your own way when you have that head trash going on? Yeah. Well, I do. I do a couple of things. Actually, before we spoke, I, I have a new book coming out called Habits of a Champion Team. So I'm proofreading my own book and I'm like, wow, who wrote that? That's a good book. And and I, <laughs> but in, in doing that, I'm like reminding myself of a lot of my own fundamentals and my own lessons. So so rereading my own um, material is very helpful for me because it keeps me aligned to what it is that I that I value and what my values are. Uh, I write a daily blog every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, I've been doing it for like six plus years. I, re- I rarely miss. Uh, so I have mm-hmm. tons of content that I read over and over and over again. And then I, I coach people all day. So I get to hear what they're dealing with. And, I, and it helps me also navigate things as, as they come my way. And, and with all of that, you know, I, I do a lot of talking to myself. But I talk to myself as if I'm coaching myself, you know, so there's a lot of, Hey, let's go. Come on. Here we go. Let's make it happen up. Oh, you're getting wide. You got to get narrow. You're losing focus. Pull it together. Here's what we're doing here. Slow it down. You're going too fast. You got too much on your plate. Your deck's getting too full. Get rid of this. What are your income producing activities? What are your energy draining activities? Get rid of the EDAs, focus on the IPAs and focus on where it is that you want to go. And that's, yeah. that's the dialogue that runs in my brain quite often. And, and I'm not somebody that's going to say, well, listen, I'm a coach. I'm professionally trained. This is what I do. I have thousands and thousands of hours of coaching and therefore I'm cured. Nobody's cured. Nobody's perfect. Not any guru that tells you they're perfect. They're not perfect. Don't listen to them. So no. we're all on a, on a journey and we're all building and we're all growing and I call it our champion's journey. So we're all working hard to be champions and we're going to have obstacles that come our way and we have to work through them while staying true to who it is that we are at our core, not what Instagram says we are and not the images that we create that sometimes we want people to believe. But 
but who we really are. That is who we have to uh, embrace. And that is actually who we need to push forward and, and lead with. Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, it's clear that you practice what you preach. Yeah, in a lot of ways. I do. And, and, you know, I, you know, as it relates to, let's just say like marketing and content marketing, I have a very hard time, uh, you know, creating a synthetic image. So I don't, and I, I just, it's sometimes I'm a little brash. I'm a little bit more rough. I, I, I'm coming out to punch you in the face. That's, that's the way I, that's the image that I put out there because yeah. really that's, that's really who I am. I'm very, I'm very aggressive. And I've, I would say like my career, I, I wrestle at alligators for a living. Type A, high horsepower, Wall Street guys, uh, folks in private equity, CEOs, executives. I work with people that, that nobody ever tells them no, and nobody really tells them what they need to hear. Most people tell them what they want to hear. And I find that everybody needs an alligator wrestler in their life to help coach them to where it is that, that they, they should be headed. And, um, and I don't give them the excuse. I don't let them make excuses. So, right. and that allows them to then communicate openly. So that's how, how we do it. You build that trust and that rapport. And, you know, they, they are probably surrounded by yes men all day, right? Because they're the boss, they're the owner, they're that high power person in the company, but they clearly need your help. Otherwise they wouldn't have hired you and, and pay whatever your fee is, right? Yeah. Keeping them in check, I'm, I'm sure they appreciate it. You obviously have the clout for it. Um, but it's interesting too, to something you said earlier, where as you're talking to them, sometimes it could be that you're talking to yourself and kind of getting yourself in the game as well. Mm. Um, and so you're doing the activities that lead you to the goals that you're looking to achieve, just like, again, you're practicing what you preach. Um, I thought it was also fascinating that you, you produce a daily blog because a lot of my clients only want to do one per week or one per quarter and see yeah. value in that. Um, yeah. Doing one per day, absolutely commendable. It's even better that you're writing it yourself yeah. um, so that your audience obviously gets the authentic you. What, what inspires you each day to do that from a content perspective, not just professional perspective? Therapy. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, it is, it's very therapeutic for me to write every day. And, you know, I do write books. So it, 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 I'm, I look at it like when I write the blog, I'm doing many things, right? I'm writing a blog. So I'm connecting with thousands of people every day. Uh, I'm sharpening my ax, right? My skill of strategic writing, right? So I'm strengthening that. So I have um, connection. I have uh, strengthening of a skill. I have discipline, right? Because I, I believe in discipline. So I've disciplined myself to do it every day. And, mm -hmm. and ultimately, I look at life as an endurance race. Like I'm, I'm probably not going to come up with the next Facebook or Instagram. I'm not built for that. Um, but I am built to beat you over time. And I'm built to win over time. And that's really the weaponry that I have. And that's what I come to the table with. So most people, yeah, they want to delegate their blog. They want to write it once a month. Most of them don't even really want to have one, but some guru told them they should. So they, be so they believe that. And, and I will tell you, it is good to have. Uh, but most people, they don't have the chops for it. Just like nine out of 10 people that want to write a book and they don't have the chops to do that because they can't imagine writing the book. And it's like, well, you sit down. I get people to say all the time, hey, 
uh, you've wrote, written all these books. How, how do you write a book? I said, well, think about what it's called, writing a book. You have to actually write the book. So right. then people say, well, who can I hire to do that? I said, well, you could hire a lot of people, but here's what happens. Your book is going to be neutralized. Your book is going to be, oftentimes, it's going to lose your voice. It's going to lose your swagger. It's going to lose you. So if it's your yeah. book and you don't actually want to write the book, you want to use the book as a business card, as people say, and as a tool, but you don't want to write it. Like, that's crazy to me. And um, yeah. if, if that's yeah, it's not, not respecting the audience, I feel, you know, outside of blogs, because obviously um, my argument with some clients is you should be in the business of doing your business and we can take care of your blogs and, you know, drive traffic that way because everything's analyzed. But, but the, I'm sorry? The marketing of the blog, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah, that is a whole other thing, right? Um, and oftentimes, you know, when it comes to lawyers and doctors, you don't want them writing. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, the content isn't meant for their audience or who they think their audience is, which is fine. Um, but having that discipline to have the authenticity and the consistency, you know, you have thousands of people that review your blogs and it's not necessarily to give you their business, to hire you as a coach, because maybe they can't afford it, but mm. they're still getting nuggets of wisdom from you on the daily, unless they're reading your book, then, you know, over the weekend, they get that wisdom. Um, so that's awesome that you're just producing it yourself and you're consistent with it. Yeah. You know, I, I probably take on too much myself, but, um, when it comes to, you know, public image stuff, anything that goes out. Yeah. I, I have to put my hands on it. And, and there's, there's many reasons for it. Like, I just don't want to deal with potential hazardous consequences of not. So if I put, yeah. I know if I put it out and even if there is a little controversy around it, I could, I, I can defend that. But if, but if I, and this is just, I'm speaking for myself, right? but you know, and that's just how I view it. And mm -hmm. And, you know, I have different reasons for doing it. You know, some people write blogs for search engine optimization. Right. That's not for me. That's not what I'm doing it for. So, right. you know, it's sharpening the ax, it's connectivity, it's discipline. It's, it's those, those are my objectives. Yeah, and the ritual of it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so switching back to your prior career with the Yankees, who's your favorite player? <laughs> That's a very loaded question. Uh, honestly, you know, we, we were really a team and it's hard to say, you know, who was my favorite. We really got along well, you know, I mean, Andy Pettit's one of my closest friends, Mariano Rivera, um, you know, Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, all the, all the, the big names and all the, the little names too. Um, you know, you spend 300 days a year with these guys traveling. You see them more than you see your family. You know everything about them. They know almost everything about you. Um, so it's, it's that sort of environment that really, uh, there's high connectivity and that connectivity is, I call it lifetime connectivity. So you're connected for a lifetime. You spend okay. so much time together in a short period of time, 300 days a year. And for many of these guys, I was with them for over 10 years. You know, you, you it's like family. You know, you yeah. see them, you're not going to say, hey, good to see you. You know, like the old corporate handshake. It's like, yeah. it's a hug. It's a couple punches, you know, and it's it's back to uh, some, you know, locker room type behavior. So it's right. It's a family. So it's, you know, I, I love all those guys uniquely in their own way. And, 
you know, that's the one thing social media has helped us all stay in touch. Sometimes without even mm -hmm. reaching out, you just know what's going on in everybody's life. Yeah, that's a good touch point for sure. Um, and I, I was kind of being cheeky with that question because I know that you you train them, right? And you coach yeah. them and everybody comes to the team with their own set of skills, just like mm -hmm. in the corporate world. Um, so you have the joker, you have the serious person, you have the yeah. one that overanalyzes or underanalyzes. Um, so what kind of person do you like working with, whether it's in the sports realm, professionally, or even on your farm? Yeah, I, I like people that just want to get better. And, and they don't have to be obsessive about it, because sometimes you can get so obsessive that it becomes counterproductive. Yeah. But someone that says, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where I am, but I just mm -hmm. want to get better. And, and I'm happy where I am. But I just need like, I feel like I need a little bit of support to help me get better. Maybe I need more tools. Maybe I need more skills, or maybe I just need somebody that I could speak with openly about what's going on and really going on in my life and is not, you know, a therapist, you know, somebody that could, I always say the difference between coaching and therapy is therapy. You talk and you listen yeah. and somebody listens to you uh, in coaching. You talk, somebody listens. And then you gather a game plan together with action items and steps that you take after every call and after every interaction to move your chains forward and move you forward. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've heard of cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Yeah. Where you have action and you have to change your actions if you want a different outcome. Right. Um, so it's kind of similar from, from what I gather, what you're saying, the, the end result is just improvement. Yeah. any of it right the goal is improvement and and again you know using coaching strategy you know there's there's mm -hmm. different ways in which we get people there so it's yeah you know it's uh you know there's some variance but it's but it's all about getting somebody to the next place so now um back to the farm you're mm -hmm. you're all in you know how how is that going i mean you're not you're just letting it be you said you're you're not stopping it you're just letting it grow the way it needs to grow yeah, well, I, I've learned oh. a few things about farming. And one of the things is that farmers get too involved with the process. So, you know, too many farmers, they want to help the cow birth the calf. They want to help, you know, the, 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 the sow birth the uh, piglet and then protect the, and really this is nature. And it's actually what makes it so cool is that, you know, they can do it themselves. So let them do it themselves, you know, watching how there's dominance within these packs of animals and within the herd, you can see who's going to get that food. You can see who's going to um, get what it is that they want. So there's a lot of learning when you sit back and watch uh, what goes on amongst these animals. And it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. So I, I do a lot of sit sitting back and watching. And at the same time, uh, you know, when I talk about growth, I'm very open to growth myself. So I'm always watching and learning and asking questions. And I ask questions to local farmers. And I also am not afraid to question the answers that they give. And then I, I've realized that many of them have just been doing this for so long, the way their dad did it, who did it the way his daddy did it. And it was sort of this, big game of telephone as to how it is you should do it. Mm -hmm. But what a lot of farmers today are missing that I've seen so far is that 
they're missing um, that there's a new way of doing things too, or there's a different way of doing things. So you have to be open. It's uh, yeah. So it'd be the the same as folks that are social media resistant. And listen, whether you like it or not, there's positive application and there's also negative application. It's just you have to use it in the way in which it helps you. And and the same is true with farming. You have to do it in the way that you align with. But you can't be closed minded mm -hmm. or else you'll be closed. Right. I mean, you know, a lot of farming has been automated when you have like barley and wheat and stuff um, yeah. for both the seeding and the harvesting. But when, with animals, how can you automate that? Right. How can you make it an easier process? Maybe it's not always a better process. Um, and that obviously translates to the corporate world because you see who's the most dominant, who's the weakest, you know, who can just sit down and get their job done. Um, and you can just let it happen the way it needs to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. You so it's learn a lot. Yeah. Animals, animals, we're just animals, right? With bills. When you yeah. think about and, it and in a lot of, in, in a lot of ways, sometimes, sometimes I think they're smarter, you know, because they don't, they, you know, we, they don't take on that much. I mean, an animal's life is pretty simple when you sit back and watch it. And, and if our lives we're simplified more and we disconnected more, actually, we, we'd probably do a, a heck of a lot better. You know, you think about stress, you think about anxiety, you think about all these uh, syndromes of success, I call them. They, they attack you because oftentimes it's because you're constantly on and you're constantly pursuing and you're constantly chasing and you're constantly um, challenging your own limits. So you have to be careful with that as well. I think, you know, you can't graze all day. You can't work all day. You need that downtime. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't do anything or you shouldn't do the same thing all day, right? Unless yeah. you're very sick or there's a, a immediate task at hand. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, whether you're an animal or a human animal, um, it's okay to, to take a step back and just be. Yeah. And people forget. Yeah, they don't, you don't uh, have to sit with your phone all the time. You don't have to be reading a book when you're not sitting with your phone, you could just actually, yeah. you can just actually sit, which is one of the strangest things to do today. It's very hard if you're not yep. conditioned to do it. We're just so overstimulated with needing to do more. Sometimes doing less is doing more because you really get to focus on, like you said, the money-making activities or income generating activities. Mm. Um, I don't know, that's just it my does. two cents. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I always say to people, I say, you know, are you, how's your retention? They say, I, I mm -hmm. think it's good. I said, well, tell me the last five to 10 things that you saw on Instagram and explain them with some detail. Yep. And all of a sudden people go, oh my gosh, I have no idea. Yeah. So yeah. they're listening, but they're not hearing. They're right. seeing, but they're not watching. Because so. everything's, you're, you're, everything's coming so fast mm -hmm. that your brain actually can interpret what it is it's seeing and experiencing at the rate of speed in which it's coming at you there. So there's this delay and it just gets overrided. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So. so Dana, um, as we approach the end of this conversation, which is fantastic, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Um, <laughs> I know that you have a great presence on social media. What has that done for you professionally and obviously the people that follow you? You know, it's a good question. Uh, it's it, for me, it's, it, it's, 
it allows me to connect with people in, in a unique way, right? So it's like, hey, I put something out and then I get to see in real time how people respond or who responds. Most of the time, I got to say, I, 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 don't, I don't change my content for response because I, I'm just big on real time and like, hey, if I want to put it out there, you know, I'm somebody like, I don't study like, okay, did nine o'clock work better than 1030? Did 1030 work better than noon? And, and, and again, maybe I should, but I, but I don't, because again, I'm just trying to put stuff out there and everything I put out, I, I, I do think about for a few seconds to a few minutes and say, what do I want people to experience with this? And right. then I, and then I put it out. So for me, it's positive. Uh, LinkedIn has been a great playground to uh, engage professionally with people. And, and really, I use LinkedIn to help people with something, you know, mm -hmm. to get them to, to think a certain way or to think about something in a unique way. So I do a lot of text posting. I do a lot of longhand writing in LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to Instagram, I just, I just have fun with Instagram. I've never gotten any clientele from Instagram. Right but it's more of just fun storytelling and, you know, just the fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, Facebook I put is where I, I post a bunch of my blogs and things like that. But I, you know, that's actually becoming for me, one of the more antiquated platforms. So yeah. I, I spent a lot of time socially, I'll say uh, grazing on link on Instagram uh, just to numb out a little bit at times after a long day. Yeah. And, I spend mo most of my time socially on LinkedIn, just producing content, but not, not too much, just enough. I, you know, from my perspective, you're doing a great job on LinkedIn. Um, I saw today's post, you're inviting people to help you roll hay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did. A, I, I just, uh, I just edited, edited that up today. My, so my wife and I, you know, we have so many people say, what the hell are you doing with this farm? Like, what is it? What do you do there? You must be so busy. Like what goes on? So we were just saying like, why don't we just create like snippets of video and tell the story of what goes on. And, and what I, the way I build out the video is the way people see the world today. People have an, I, I say they have an Instagram attention span, scroll, 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 scroll. So when you watch our videos, there's six second clips, there's five second clips, yeah. there's 30 second clips, there's 20 second clips, there may be one that's like 40 seconds, but mm -hmm. everything is about quick switches, quick switches, quick switches. So, so we keep everyone engaged the way that today many people engage in the world, you know, like a long conversation. Those are dead. Like people that host meetings today that are an hour long, like you've, you're, gonna, you're losing your audience. I did a, a sales retreat the other day and we had, uh, it was like five hours and we did two hours on one hour off two hours, three, and then like two hours on short break finish. And really people after the first two hours, they start to fade hard. So things have changed. Attention spans have changed. So, so present yourself accordingly. Absolutely. And have excellent content too, right? That keeps them engaged yeah. as much as possible. Right. And it's a long, I, I look at social media as a long game and also something that, that works with you. Yep. And some people will say too, and I, I agree with this, it works for you, but, but you cannot put all your time into it. 
or else you won't be doing what it is that that you do so right income generating activity yeah, yeah. Um, so dana my last question what is your mission what drives you so for me my mission i think it sums down uh, up to this right i always say i build champions and and now i can also say i build champion things so i i love building people i i love through coaching i love um you know, building on projects like this. I love redoing things in the house. I love, I, I just, I love change and I love challenge, change and challenge. So I'm always building. And, you know, when it comes to coaching, I'm building champions. When it comes to the farm, you know, I'm, I'm working to build something that has impact and something that has brand appeal and something that tells a great story and something that that draws the attention of people and they say, you know what, I'd love to come see that place someday. And, and that's, that's what I'm doing here. And then I have other projects that I do too. Nice. Um, and on that note, actually, I was thinking like, when can I get upstate New York anytime yeah. soon just to check out your farm? Yeah. Anytime we're, we're, uh, you know, right now we're just in the middle of projects, getting everything ready, but we want to turn it into a place that has a lot of, I call it energy exchange where I want to put cabins in the back and, you know, create like a bit of a Airbnb culture, but also where we could do corporate retreats and things like that. So, you know, people, most people have never stood in the presence of a, of a 1500 pound, you know, black Angus, you know, they, they, they've heard about it. They've probably eaten it, but they don't know it. They don't know what that feels like. And it's pretty, pretty wild. It's a little different when you meet your food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of, I got to say, there's also a lot of respect that goes into it. So, you know, when you meet your food at a, at a farm like this versus meeting the food that most people are eating, that is coming out of a feedlot where the animals are abused and uh, fed all sorts of crap, you know, you there's a much different appreciation and there's a, a loyalty to, to the small farm. Well, thank you, Coach Dana, for all of your insight today. For the audience listening, I will have all of his information in the show notes down below. Feel free to reach out to him directly. Um, and again, thank you, Dana, for your time. Thank you. Thanks so much, Monica. I'll talk to you soon.